name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Christ is in our midst. He is in our be. Today in the epistle, we heard the words of St. Paul. He said, Brethren, grace was given to each of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. And we heard in the gospel reading that Jesus moved. He moved. He was a man like us, human being, and he moved. He moved to Galilee that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulon, the land of Naphtali, toward the sea across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light is dawn. What more hopeful words have been spoken to us? You know, the history of the church is full of lives of the saints, where we hear that people move. They're always moving. Speaking of which, I come home and all of a sudden we're no longer in a former bank, now we're in a former furniture store. <laughs> Glory to God. He sanctifies. All of a sudden now heaven and earth meet where somebody used to buy a sofa. <laughs> You moved. You moved. You had to move. It was necessary to move. And moving with it, with moving comes pain, right? Whether you're moving across town or whether you're moving as a family to a different city, or sometimes we move to a different country to be missionaries. When we move, there is a there is a sense of loss, even if we're moving on to something better. Right? They always told us in seminary, Father, uh, not Father, Dr. Rossi always told us in seminary, he said, with every change comes loss. Now, we can look at the loss and we can say, okay, the loss is smaller than the gain. But with every change, there comes some loss. There's the nostalgia of driving by. I was driving by with my nieces yesterday and nephews in, Cal in uh, uh, Isla Vista, and we drove by the old church, and she says, the church isn't there anymore? But I loved it, going to church in Isla Vista. Right? It was a loss. There was a loss there. And probably most of you felt something when you left Isla Vista. You left the old building there. It, there was a sense of loss, a sadness. The last time the doors were closed, you thought, God help us. I hope we're going to the right place. I hope we're doing the right thing. I hope we're moving on from glory to glory. That's what's going on here. And I believe that's the case. But we all move. I moved. It's been 19 years. Can you believe Peter John is pushing 40? <laughs> right? We move. We move in age. We move in size. We move. We have to move because we have more children, so our house has to get bigger and we have more rooms. Right? We move. And in the gospel today, Jesus Christ, fully God and fully man, he moved. He moved. And there was a, an important reason for his moving. He moved so that the people who dwelt in darkness might see a great light. How much hope is there in those words? You move to Galita. The people who dwelt in Galita might see a great light. 
drove up this morning and I'm looking for that church. I said, Nina, my, my niece Nina was with me. I said, Nina, somewhere around here has got to be this church. And I'm looking all around. I'm looking at the ground and at the curbs and at the this and the that, thinking I'm going to recognize something that reminds me of a church. And, of course, my seven-year-old niece looks straight up to the lighted sign and says, Dad, there's the sign. People who dwell in darkness have seen a great light. And each of us, according to the epistle, has been given a gift according to the measure of Christ's gift, right? We've been given gifts. And with gifts comes responsibility. When we are given gifts, we have responsibility. And brothers and sisters, every single one of us in this room is responsible and accountable for the gift or gifts that we have been given. No matter how great or how small, we have a responsibility and accountability we have to answer to God. That should be a little bit frightening, but really, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to bear witness to the light of Christ in a world that is so full of darkness. The people who dwell in darkness have seen a great light. Imagine if Jesus was your neighbor. If you lived out in Zebulon and the Naphtali and, and you're, you're, you're between this pagan land and between this promised land, and you're just kind of in the, it's somewhere in between, this little border. It's just a mixture of people and religions and all this other stuff. And it's just, well, that sounds kind of like us today, doesn't it? We're just in between this pagan everything, right? And then there's the kingdom of God, and then there's this in-between. And there's such a mixture in our culture today, right? There's such a mixture of religious beliefs and morality and immorality and craziness and sometimes we feel like we're insane right I mean sometimes we feel insane you drive down the road the things we see in Bloomington God bless you if you ever want to come visit us but cover your eyes as you drive through downtown sometimes you see the things you drive through and you see the kids are in the car and daddy what's that well that's insane <laughs> so much insanity in the world right really it's all around us and if we're not careful, we get bit with it. And then we start getting crazy. And even in the church, we start going to this extreme or that extreme, and all of a sudden we're causing trouble within the walls of the church. But that's, that is not being faithful to our calling as Christians. We're given a gift or a set of gifts, right? And we are expected to use them. The gospel this week is so appropriately placed, and I say this in... in my parish at home almost every week, and I'm sure they have it memorized and they're tired of hearing it, and I'll say it here to you for the first time. There is no accident in the way that the gospel readings and the lives of the saints and the cycle of the feasts of the church and the liturgical everything, the tones, it is all divinely knit together. It is like a beautiful, perfect, useful, watertight basket. It is perfect. And then, you know, people, men, when we get in the way, we snare things and we cause imperfections. But if you look at the way that the church is put together, you look at the gospel readings, the saints for this week, the saint for today. So Jesus moves today, and who's our, who's our first saint of the day? Saint Dominica. And what is she known for? She moved. Where did she move? Well, actually, she moved to Constantinople because it was a party town. 
she and her four friends, right? All of a sudden, I'm in Isla Vista again. She's in. She and her four friends moved to Constantinople. I wrote this down because I just I love the wording of the the, the the hagiographers who write the lives of the saints. It says she relocated to take in the cultural amenities of the <laughs> city. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to make her sound too bad. <laughs> so, and how many of us try to take in the cultural amenities while coming to church and being Christians and wearing our cross, right? I mean, you kind of fall into that, right? Especially in this culture, it's hard. St. Dominica, there she is. She goes into the middle of Constantinople with her four friends, and they're taking in the cultural amenities, and all of a sudden they discover the church, and they go, oh my goodness gracious, what is this? They befriend the, uh, the patriarch in Constantinople. And they, they found a solid Christian community, and they put everything else behind them, all of the cultural amenities that they found when they got there. They put them all behind them and said, we want one thing and one thing only, and that is to live for Christ and his church. And she was baptized with her four friends by the patriarch of Constantinople and became a nun and lived 75 years a nun in Constantinople. 75 years. How does that apply to you here? You are in the midst of cultural amenities. Brothers and sisters, they're just everywhere. Welcome to California. And it's not just welcome to California, it's welcome to the world. You know, I used to think, I left here when I was 19, and one of the, one of the main reasons I left was I thought it was maybe I could concentrate better being a Christian in Alaska. You know, it's just too noisy here. And there was a part of that that was true. It was a flight to the desert, right? And I lived in woods around the, the only thing you could hear was, was like snow falling and the cathedral bells a few times a day calling you to prayer. It was wonderful. And then I had to get a job. And when you get a job, for a while it was really nice because my job was to scoop manure. It was my job. And I, and I, I thought, this is amazing. So I would scoop manure and I'd say the Jesus prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, son of me. Mercy and I thought, this life is grand. Look at this, we can live in society and pray the Jesus prayer. And it's 19, I was 19, I had it all figured out. And then I had to get a job where I could actually pay my bills. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I'm in the middle of the world. And people are dressed in a certain way, and the music's going a certain way, and you're working in an office with 48 other people, and they talk a certain way. And all of a sudden, it's really hard. You're in the midst of the culture of, oh, you're in the midst of cultural amenities, right? There in Anchorage, Alaska, and it wasn't long before I realized, okay, you know what, the world is everywhere. It's everywhere. It's in Goleta, it's in Isla Vista, Santa Barbara, it's in Bloomington, Indiana, it's in Anchorage, Alaska, it's all over the place. So what do we do? What do we do? We look at the life of the saints. The lives of the saints for us, they put flesh on the gospel. It's one thing to look at Christ in the gospel and look at what he did. Look what he said and he's working these miracles. And you say, well, yeah, but he, I mean, he is the son of God. Right? And he's the son of God. And you say, well, yes, but he's fully man. Yeah, but he was the, he's the son of God too. But you look at a saint. You look at a saint and you say, look what this person did. And you say, well, yeah, but he's Christian. Yes. So are you. And so am I. And by the grace of God by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, we witnessed a miracle this morning. Right? The baby, don't tell me, Farley. Congratulations. Farley went into the water, 
and Farley came out of the water, and when Farley came out of the water, if we could see with our eyes the truth of what happened here today, we would see the light of Mount Tabor shining through that child's face. And that is what each and every one of us has been given at our baptism. That's reality. That is not nice folklore that we observe on Sunday morning and then live in the world and off the world the rest of the week. We are each and every one of us called to shine with that light, to be saints in this world, because the light of Christ has to come from somewhere, right, so the people dwelling in darkness can see the great light. It's got to come from somewhere, and who is it coming from? Each and every one of us has been given a gift, and when you use your gift to God's glory, when I use my gift to God's glory, people see something. They see light in the darkness, and they say, okay, something's different here. And sometimes they say, and I'd like to know what it is. So when people look at you, do they say something's different here? When they watch the way that you act or the way that you drive? I love Father Thomas Hopko. He says, you know, people, uh, you can always gauge your spiritual state by the way you act in traffic. <laughs> and that's humbling. But when people look at us, do they see that light? Because they're surrounded by darkness. And if we don't show them the light, if we don't, if we don't shine like the lanterns, like the light on the hill, if we don't do it, who's going to do it? This is our calling, and there is no excuse. There is no excuse. God help us. St. Nina is also celebrated this week. I mentioned St. Dominica was 25. St. Nina was more like a late teen when she was told by the Theotokos to go and bring the gospel of Christ to the people in Georgia, the pagans. So this late teen got up and went. And she befriended people all over the place and started talking to them about Christ. Even the king's wife became a Christian. This young girl went in there. And finally, the king said, I want to have nothing to do with this. This is ridiculous. Sorry. <laughs> and then, the king went on a hunting trip. And while he's out on the hunting trip, he's struck blind. So what does he say? He says, and I'm paraphrasing, if the god of Nina is real and can hear me, hear my blindness. And what happened? All of a sudden, he could see. And Christianity became a religion, a legal religion in Georgia. And before long, Nina only lived there for about 10 years. She died in her 30s. Within a decade, this young girl converted an entire country. We're in Galita. Right? This is not Georgia. We're in Isla Vista. We're in Santa Barbara. We have a great calling, a task set out before us, right? In every one of our communities, in every community in America, eventually, we have a task set before us. And this late teenage girl did not make excuses. Sometimes we think of teenage girls as frail, weak, the weaker vessel, right? And the church gives us this story of St. Nina, shows us this icon of this young girl, who can convert an entire country and says to you, there is no excuse. If Nina can do it, so can you. So in the gospel today, Jesus moved. St. 
Dominica moved, St. Nina moved, and each of these who moved had an impact, a lasting, lifelong, never-ending impact on creation and on the place into which they moved and the culture into which they were now living. And that is our calling, we who have just moved. We have absolutely no excuse. And if this church gets too big, we'll build another one. And if that one gets too full, then we'll build another one. And if that one gets too full, it just keeps going and going and going. And there is no excuse. And the little girl, Nina, shows us this. And young Dominica, who's looking for a party and ends up, ends up a nun for 75 years, she shows us this. May God, through the prayers of these saints that we commemorate today and this week, may God inspire us and strengthen us and give us the courage to do that which he has already empowered us to do through our baptism. We've all, we're already empowered to do it. We're already given the gifts. Sometimes we lack courage, right? Individuals, we lack courage. May he give us the courage, the strength of heart to do that which we're called to do. The glory of his holy name. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and ever and under the ages of ages. Amen. Christ is in our midst. He is, he is in our midst.